tonight, if you would, to the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 6. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. What a privilege it is for us to be gathered together, isn't it? <clears throat> Certainly, I want to thank you for praying for Eliana today. The procedure went well. We just trust the Lord will help her to low stomach and all that to be able to heal up. Thank you for being mindful of us. I know you had so much to pray about, but we're a body, aren't we? We are concerned about one another's, one another's needs. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. We're talking about the church. What we'd like to look at by the help of the Lord tonight is the early church, how they believed, looked for, and longed for the coming of the Lord Jesus. How did they look for it? Did they believe that it would be a spiritual advent? of an invisible being that could actually come to the earth and for the most part, the entire bride miss it. Is that what they believed? Or did they believe it something different? What did they really believe? Some of y'all look funny. You're not sure you know what you believe, huh? <laughs> well, maybe we can help each other tonight. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now remember, he's resurrected from the dead, ascended up into heaven, come back down on the earth. He's been seen by Simon. He's been seen on the way to Emmaus. Paul mentions it in Corinthians that he was seen by 500, 500 in Corinthians, 500. So he's been seen now by hundreds of people after that he is raised from.
from the dead. So now they're gathered together and they're on the mount, which is going to be termed the mount of ascension. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But this is what you need to focus on. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now, it was not the type of cloud that passed over Johnson City today, Elizabethan, Bristol, wherever you live. It was not a cirrus cloud. It was not the low-lying cloud, the dense clouds, which we call fog. But it was a glory cloud, which can appear like a regular cloud, but it's not a regular cloud. Verse 9, and when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Let's pray together. Father, thank you tonight for your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the midweek service. So grateful we have the opportunity. We can be able to come together once again, Lord. We love church. We thank you for church, Father. We just so appreciate it. Dear God, we ask that you be mindful of us. Father, I'm sure that Mother Louie made, <clears throat> made requests for many different ones that are still sick and suffering these colds and flu and so on. We pray that you be mindful of your people, Lord. Just minister healing to them, Lord. As we've gathered here tonight, may you open our hearts to your word. May we see a greater understanding of your presence that's among us and that great being which we are looking for at your appearing. Grant it, Father, in Jesus' name. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Let's look in verse 10. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Now, I imagine that whether you're from Galilee or Elizabethan or Rome or Bristol or wherever, this thing has happened right in front of your eyes. You've seen this glorified human body, which has appeared, disappeared, visible, invisible, eat, walk through walls, come through my situations and you say, he was there a minute ago and he's gone. And you look and he wasn't there and there he is. And then all of a sudden he's standing there and his feet go to raising up off of the ground. And he's taken enveloped into this appearance, this body, which looks like a cloud, but is not really a rain cloud. And you are standing there looking, looking, looking. And these two men appear beside you in white. 
And they begin to kind of rebuke you. They actually censor you and, and come across in one way in the sense of, why are you all doing this? And you're thinking in your mind, what do you mean why we're doing this? We ain't never seen nothing like this in our lives. I mean, how many days out of the week is it that you see a man flying away? And you're asking us, why are we gazing? But there was something about this gaze that did not please the Lord. Now think of it. Notice, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them. And white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Why do you think anybody in the right mind would know the answer to that? Well, I mean, my goodness, we've seen something we've never seen before. You just expect us to look up and just say, well, well, I guess we just go on with our business. But there was something about the way they did it which did not please the Lord. Isn't that strange? Instead of just going on and on and on, just keep looking, keep looking, keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. They wanted to get them a message that now the value and the importance was not how long they stood there looking up into the clouds. Because no matter how long they looked, he was not coming back immediately. They could stand there for a week, for two, for a month, for a decade, and it would not bring him back. So something must break them, and the censure of the angel's message must have put, as it were, a shock to them. Why stand you here gazing up into the heavens, looking as if so, that by your gazing you will bring him back? My, what a thing to say. They have just been so shocked. Their master is gone. And they're standing there, standing there. Now, remember Luke when he writes this. It was some 40 years, something like that. Actually, it's when he goes to gathering all the facts of it together. So who knows how long that they were actually standing there. Was it 30 minutes? Was it an hour? Was it two hours? Luke does not really say But he goes immediately from the visible departure of our Lord into the visible appearing of two angels and they're standing right by the rest of these people and here they go to kind of rebuking them and saying, why are you all gazing up into the heavens? I want you to notice now what they say. You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Now listen very, very carefully. This Now this Jesus that had just raised up was not a theophany. It was not a spirit. It was a glorified human body. Now remember what these angels are going to say. Notice now. While stands you gazing up into heaven, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come 
in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So here they are standing, looking, looking, gazing, gazing. So the angels break this with this censure or this slight rebuke, if you wish to call it that. With this message, now remember these men are, there's men and women, of course, all gathered together. But there's preachers standing there and they are going to be impacted by the word of these angels. And they are going to now take this message and further it to their own generation. Then it will be carried by their children onto another generation, onto another generation, onto another generation, until the very last generation that will be on the earth. And it is very important of the coming of the Lord Jesus and how it is imprinted in their spiritual being, how that they can hand it down from one generation to another to another. Now, it's not just important how they preach salvation or how they preach water baptism. That is important. But it is going to be very important in how they preach the coming of the Lord Jesus. Now, the Lord Jesus knows that there will be successive generations that will come right on down through the church ages. Now, the importance of the value of it is this, taking sides of Jesus, 1962. Every generation of elect, no matter what church age they were in, every generation looked for the coming of the Lord and believe the Lord Jesus would come in their generation. Now Paul whenever he looked at it, if you'll look at his writings real close, you'll see when Paul first started writing that, that he actually thought the Lord Jesus would come in his generation. We'll look at it maybe tonight, 1 Corinthians 15, 51, whenever he talked about this, this house and this mortality as if though he was pointing at his own body when he wrote it. Now they actually looked for it and believe that it would happen when they were alive. This is how imminent they believed the coming of the Lord was. Then as Paul went on a few years, he began to understand by revelation that God was going to let this thing go on for a while. But it's so important that every generation of believers so looked for the coming of the Lord Jesus and their generation that they would be ready. So when those died, every elect people in every generation, every one of them believed it was going to come in their generation. Now that's important because whatever you die, your frame of mind, your spiritual walk with God, however you die, death does not change you. So if you die lukewarm, guess what? You don't raise on fire. If you die backslid, if you die cold on God, if you die indifferent with God, death don't change you that all of a sudden, well, now you're dead and now you raise up on fire with God. Praise God, you're so stirred up. No, if you die backslid, you're in trouble. Because death, all it does is change your dwelling place. So how they preached the coming of the Lord Jesus was such a vital thing. So they must preach it and divide it in this way. In that the Lord Jesus could come at this very day, this very hour, but he may not come for a hundred years from now. So keep on planting your taters, keep on marrying, keep on having kids, keep on building churches, keep on doing all of that as you would, but 
remember, don't make no plans that'll knock him out of coming maybe today. And don't live any portion of your life, well, after next week, I'll get right. After two years from now, I'll get right. Nope. None of those will be in the rapture. All of those that put off getting ready until the very end. I'm I'm sorry, friends. That's not elect. Elect lived every hour. That's why the prophet said, and taking sides with Jesus, and every generation, whenever they died, they longed and looked for the coming of the Lord. When they raised in the resurrection, when Polycarp, when Paul, when Peter, when James, when John, when Arrhenius, when Luther, when Wesley, when Pentecost, those that have been dead for hundreds of years, those that have been dead for decades, when they arise, it will be as if though the same expectation was the very morning they passed away. Because they were looking for the coming of the Lord in their generation. Now those who were not, they will not be a part of the rapture because he's coming for those who are loving his coming that is living for it. You see, those who aren't living for his coming, don't worry about it, they won't be in the rapture. No, how? Well, they got more important things to do. There is nothing more important than being ready to meet the Lord. That's right. So if God is second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever in your life, just forget it, you won't be a part of it. So it's very, very vital in how now that they're going to preach the coming of the Lord Jesus. So the angels tell them now, they said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus. Now I want you to notice that they said he will come again in like manner as you have seen him go. So how did they see him go? They saw him visibly. They saw him literally, and they saw him in a glorified human body. So to, for a theophany to come back to the earth in a visitation of an angelic visitation would not classify as the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Now, I know y'all are wondering which way I'm going to go, so let me just tell you right up front, okay? In 1963, what happened was the angels of the Lord coming down and Christ himself coming to break open the seals. That was not the second coming or the rapture coming of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, I know there's brothers that preach it that way, but they are preaching it wrong. First of all, it does not match scripture and it does not match the message. And Happy Valley said, now if Peter and Paul were to walk in some of the message churches today the way they preach the coming of the Lord as some of the brothers are preaching it now and they preach it this way, that Eve was the second coming of Adam. So therefore, the bride is the second coming of Christ. Well, if the prophet of God would have said it that way, I would have said amen. But since he didn't, I don't. That's right. Eve was not the second coming of Adam. She was a furtherance of the revelation of Adam. And so is the bride. The bride is not the second coming of Christ. She is the revealing of the attributes of Christ in the feminist form. And the church said, Amen. Now what? So how the early church, how did they look now for the coming of the Lord Jesus? So now God knew, of course, that there'd be millions of people that did not stand there that day. So the imprint upon the mind of these apostles is very, very important in the way they're going to walk away from the Mount of Ascension and how they are going to preach the coming of the Lord. And how Luke will write it, how John will write it, how Paul will write it, all 
although that is very, very valuable, not only for their generations, but for ours. Now, God knew there would be men that would come that would spiritualize his advent. Now, there have been, of course, and many different generations. You know, I said, what, back 1958, the Lord Jesus supposed to come on Hamburger Mountain down in Tennessee. Well, the only thing they wound up with was a flat hamburger because Jesus didn't show up. Well, praise the Lord. Man has set dates here and dates there and other kinds of dates. And we know that our message is not exempt from the same thing. It was not Brother Branham that said such nonsense anyway. But it was men around them. And let's face the facts. Most of them are nothing but kingdom builders. They're looking for a following. They want to be above other men. They want to be greater than other men. So they say things in such a way that makes them really elite and really special. And in order to get it, you've got to get it from them. Well, I'll tell you the way I am. Maybe I'm simple. I don't understand much. But if the Bible don't say it, the prophet of God never taught it. Apparently heaven don't require it. That's what I think about your unique language. I'm not, I don't have time for it. I'm not going to waste my time on a bunch of garbage. I don't work for the city. I work for the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. I'm not in charge of the garbage department, the message of the hour. Come on, saints. I'm in charge of distributing truths. That's what God called me to disperse. Now, so they saw a, a visible, glorified human body. So this is an absolute positive announcement from angelic beings from heaven. This is not some preacher standing in the pulpit. It is a heavenly pledge that the rapture coming of the Lord Jesus will be him in his glorified human body. Will it be a secret? Of course it will be a secret to the world. It ain't going to be no secret to the bride. The descent will be like the ascending. It will be actual, physical, literal, and visible. Amen. It will not be so. Oh my goodness, Jesus come in 1963. Really? Well, nobody knew it. Apparently, Brother Brown didn't even know it because he was still looking for it after it happened in 1963. So apparently, whatever happened in 1963 was not what he called the second coming of the Lord, or even he was left in the dark. Woo! Men once again will see the Lord Jesus with their eyes. It will not be, hallelujah, a theophany that will come to the earth in an invisible form and walk around among the bride and the bride not even know it. That's the way it was. It was not that way when he raised from the dead. Peter saw him. Oh, my Cleophas saw him. 500 others saw him. There's the glorified Lord Jesus. My Jesus ain't a spirit. He ain't a disembodied angel somewhere. He is a glorified man. Hmm. You reckon you'll be able to convince these brothers here who are standing there on the amount of ascension, Brother Keith? And you hand them a book or you hand them your theology and say, now Jesus come in 1963. So the rapture's over. The resurrection's finished. There ain't no more mercy seat. The bride's the mercy seat. You get in mercy, you got to come to the bride, which of course they put you out unless you believe what they believe, which means you got to come to them. I'm glad man don't dispense mercy. Ain't you? Praise the Lord. 
Oh, oh, but it's so secret. It's so secret. Brother Brown didn't even know it. Man, that's too secret for me. Woo. You see, could be able to ever convince Peter. If Peter walked into one of these conventions and sat down and heard some of these modern day guys sent up and preached and said, well, I'll tell you what, if you're looking for Brother Branham to exactly say it this way, you won't find it. But it's kind of hid. I see. I, tell you, I think we're doing good just to get folks to live and believe what he said, much less what he didn't say. Oh, but Brother Don, you're missing so much by missing between the lines. If I can do the lines, I figure I'll be a pretty good feller. Let me get the lines first and then I'll work my way in between them. That way, let me get the lines and if I do fall somewhere in between the lines, I know what I'll have to do because in between the lines, I'll have to say the same thing the line said or in between the lines is a lie. Woo! My. So you imagine now these apostles, the emphasis is, look boys, go up to Pentecost. Go up and receive the Holy Ghost. So now remember, we're not the first ones to get the Holy Ghost. We're not the first ones to get the fullness of that baptism. Actually, they received it first on the day of Pentecost. As far as the church. So if the bride is the second coming of Christ, it happened in the upper room. So the rapture didn't happen in 63. No, it happened in the upper room. Oh, praise God. So isn't it amazing? After they get the Holy Ghost, they still keep preaching a literal, physical return of the Lord Jesus. Well, it must have been so secret they didn't even know it, Brother Terry. Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send the bride, the second coming of Jesus, he shall send Jesus Christ, which was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things. So here they got the Holy Ghost. They got the token life of Christ. They now become into the position of the bride. And guess one of the first sermons they preach is the coming of the Lord Jesus in a physical corporal body. I had a man some 25 years ago try to sit down and explain to me as we wound up on the same flight to Africa. He didn't know I was going. I didn't know he was going. And anyway, we wound up conversing. I'll say it nicely. We wound up conversing and he was trying to convince me that the Lord Jesus, when he ascended up, his body dropped back down to the earth and disintegrated and went back to dust. That there was no corporal body. I didn't believe it then. I don't believe it now. Why? It was error. I said it was error. If you don't believe in a literal return of the Lord Jesus, you're off the word. 
Now I'll start out nice and I'll make it rougher. But <laughs> So that's the nice version. Why? It's against the teaching of the scripture. And remember friends, when we take quotes and put those quotes together and come up with a different answer than what this Bible preaches, we are handling the word of God deceitfully. We are taking the prophet's message and making him say things that he never taught, nor did he believe. And it is more deceiving now than it has ever been. The devil for thousands of years used the Bible, but now he's using the Bible and message quotes to try to put all kinds of stuff together. And it comes up with Tommy rot and false doctrine right out of the pits of hell. But I'm telling you, there is a church of the living God that is not going to compromise. She's going to believe the same thing those apostles taught. Because she's a word bride. She has to. Oh, praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You understand some of the message brothers are now eliminating certain songs out of their churches and certain songs that can't be sung if it mentions he's coming back. Brother Bam tells us in question and answers 1964, the only hope that is left is the coming of the Lord Jesus. Can't you see what Satan's trying to do? He's trying to take our only hope that is left. Do you figure that's going to make the church on fire? It's going to make them worldly. It's going to make them cold. It's going to make them indifferent. They'll sit home because he's come. They won't take communion no more because he's come. So we take communion till he comes. But once he comes, we don't take communion no more. Once he comes, we don't go to church no more. Once he comes, we don't pray no more. Can't you see it ain't nothing but a lie of the devil? Praise be to God. For our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look. Can you imagine poor Paul? He was so simple. Poor God. I mean, I realize he's not as deep as the other brothers that we're so honored to have around us. He's still looking for the Lord to come. So was Brother Ram. Come on, spit it out and be honest. Be honest. Be honest. You don't need him no more. Oh, these false prophets. They don't need his coming no more. Why? They've got the kingdom now. That's Catholicism. Woo. Notice now part of the rapture is the presentation actually of the bride. The rapture is not just the Lord Jesus coming. It is the Lord Jesus coming and appearing in a secret coming, but not secret to the bride. I'll tell you what the next wedding we have here at the church, let's have a secret one. And what we'll do, we, we, will, we will act it out the way preachers are preaching it. And me and the bridegroom won't appear. 
We'll let the bride come, the bridesmaids, the visitors, the songs. We'll let everything go on except me and the bridegroom will we'll be in the back room somewhere and we'll be mysteriously secret. We'll see how the wedding goes over. We'll see how matter and a hornet that bride gets too. <laughs> Sisters, when, the, when you married that man of yours or you brothers as well, did you want a person to kiss? Did you want a person in them photos? Or did you want an invisible something? I don't know about you. A doctor never died for me. A doctor never raised the dead. A doctrine's not what's coming back for me. I'm looking to see my Lord Jesus. Oh, Brother Donnie, you're so pitiful. No, I'm not. I'm right on the word. I'm looking for the glorified Son of God to come back for a bride. I want to see his hands, Brother Terry. I want to see his feet. I want to look into his eyes. I'm looking for the same Jesus they saw. Notice Ephesians 5.25 and notice this how Paul goes into this as he deals with this about the bride and the husband, of course, and the wife. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water with the word, that he might present it to himself. Part of the rapture is the presentation of the bride, not just Jesus coming to the bride, but Jesus actually gathering the bride and making her in the heavenly presentation. Well, if the Lord's come, the rapture's passed, the resurrection's already set in. And some brothers even now preaching Revelation 19 that he's done come on the white horse. That coming is over as well. So that means we've missed the rapture, we've missed the resurrection of the dead. And then we need for me to go on with this millennium series because according to them, the millennium's already passed. I can't believe all that happened, I missed it. Can you believe all that that we've been talking about in the millennium that was going to be for a thousand years and it happened just poof, I think it's gone. I can't believe it. Crazy. Nonsense. Woo. That he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish. Don't you understand his part of the rapture? It's not just sending a message. It's not just sending a prophet. It's not just sending the understanding of the seals. It's getting you. It's getting you with him. I love this in Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now honestly, friends, do you all expect me to think you're glorified? Look at all these glasses, gray-haired, pot bellies. Look at all this hair falling out. Look at all this. Look up this way. You want to see hair turning gray. You have uh, fillings and teeth and root canals and, and, and you're glorified. What's the feeling of your teeth more glorified than the John Doe that sit down in front? Come on, face facts. There's only one hope. The coming of the Lord Jesus. 
Praise God. Can I go on? And you know, it was not just the apostles now that preached the coming of the Lord Jesus, but actually Jesus himself preached it before they did because they didn't really understand it until after the Holy Ghost come and the coming of the Lord, which is a mystery, began to be unveiled to them. Watch now St. John 14 too. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Oh, okay. So if there isn't a literal heaven and a literal Jesus, he ain't going to send some knothead pastor Daniel to tell us. Jesus would have told us himself. If it were not so, I would have told you. I, have, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. And if, oh glory, I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and... So his coming isn't just breaking the seals. It's receiving you. Taking you from this hell. Well, friends, you know as well as I do, every day we live on this earth, it's more unfitted for us to live than it was the day before. This week was worse than last week, and next week will be worse than this week. It's getting, oh my, is that the truth? Why? Because of darkness of the hour. This is the only hope we have, Brother Terry. Our hope is not in politics. Our hope is not in religion. Our hope, let me be honest with you, our hope is not in a bunch of these message preachers neither. Our hope is in the coming of the Lord Jesus. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Don't stop. And receive you. Unto myself. Where? To heaven. Oh, Brother Donnie, it's already happened. No. What day was it? I had a dentist appointment last week and I was, I, was, I was hurting. Was it that day? Oh man, don't tell me it's Thursday of last week. Jesus already come and lifted you all the way spiritual and I was in the dentist chair. Grinding. Ignorant. Insane. Friends, the whole world is groping in insanity. Don't think that that's going to exempt us message, folks. If you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you're going to go start raving mad. Hmm. That where I am, which is in heaven, there you may be also. Brother Don, don't you thank God for the seals open? I do. Don't you thank God for Revelation 10? I do. Don't you thank God for Malachi 4? I do. That's what's getting me ready for St. John 14 too. (laughs) Notice this. He says, I love these words. Where I am. The most satisfying definition of heaven you could ever use. Isn't it amazing it didn't say where there's streets of gold and where there's gates of pearl and where there's great big amethyst and where there's gold and silver? Nope, but he summed it up with what, what words? I am. <laughs> where I 
Amen. Brother, that's heaven to me. If heaven wasn't no more than a glorified Gatlinburg and there wasn't no sinners there and we all lived in cabins up on the hillside and there was no death and no sorrow, if Jesus was there, that's heaven to me. I'll tell you one thing. I sat in heavenly places right now. Why? Because Jesus is right here among us in the form of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if it's this good now, what's it going to be when the real glorified Jesus is right there in a glorified human body and there'll be no death, no sorrow, no suffering, no pain, no agony. Where I am, where I am. First Corinthians chapter one, verse seven. So that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 15, verse 23, every man in his own order. Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ's possessive at his coming. So did anybody around the tabernacle see Peter when the seals was preached? Because if that was the rapture, the resurrection of the saints should have been set in motion. But Brother Donnie, you need to go back and listen to the breach. Bless God, when he preached that breach, sir, he said there was no more mercy. Ah, and one thing you might need to listen to when you listen to the breach is this, understand this. He's preaching the breach before the seals are even open to him. Ooh, burn, sting, smoke, ouch. So you need to pull it through like you do everything else. The open book, my brother, sister. Well, hallelujah. My, my. Notice 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait. It's amazing how they emphasize this over and over again. To them, this was one of the identifications of a true believer waiting for the coming. Because they knew there was a supernatural element that only the new birth could tie you with fervency day in, day out, day in, day out, in, out, ups, down, sickness, sorrow. That's fervency of the Holy Ghost. You imagine every one of these believers, whenever they do get up on the resurrection morning, they will raise with the same anticipation they had when they died in 33 AD, 40 AD, 60 AD, 96 AD. It'll be just like they just took a little nap and got up and said, here, where's he at? Where's he at? I went down looking for his coming. I'm coming back up looking for his coming. They didn't go down thinking an invisible Jesus would come back in some type of mysterious form. And you have to look and figure it out and figure it out and figure it out and try to figure it out. That wasn't what they went down with. It was impregnated into their mind by these servants of God. It will be a literal Jesus in a glorified human body. Wake up, devil. I know you're passed out. Come on, somebody give him a lower tab. Let's give him some of his own medicine. 
Oh, you never thought I'd be this bold as you. Oh, you ought to know me better than that. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wraths to come. Chapter 2, verse 19, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his perusia? Even though the English word come, comes, coming appears all through the New Testament. The Greek words are not the same at all. Now this is a catch word. Don't let it scare you. It is a word that you can find in your Merillat. You can find in your Webster Dictionary. It's in the Greek language used uh, in the English 1741, <clears throat> something like that. But this is what it means. Perusia, English pronunciation, Greek, parousia. Presence, arrival, advent. But some of the brothers several years ago conveniently left out the latter part of the meaning of this word. To take it and apply it that it was an invisible something that the perusia of God is on the earth. So he's come. He's already here. He's already come. And we believe that as far as the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How many has got him tonight? Well, since he has come, the perusia has come. We don't need to have revivals no more. We don't need to do this and that and the other. He's already come because the perusia is here. So it's an invisible something or another. You're not exactly sure what it is. And you can't really find it from reading the Bible. And you really can't find the answer from reading the message. So you got to go through them, which always kind of makes me a little bit leery. When this guy and that guy and that guy gets it all hoarded up in one deal, you know, Brother Branham called them beaver damn preachers. Uh-huh. They get the water all damned up. Praise the Lord. Y'all know what that is, right? Well, we don't see so much of it out here. We have beavers, of course. But for those of you that have never been in the West, in Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, many of those places, beaver dams out there can be as half as big as this church, quarter size of this church. Absolutely unbelievable in size. They can be so big, they will actually block up rivers. And they hire men who work for the federal government, and they have one job. That is to go around the streams and the ponds, and they go around loaded with dynamite. <laughs> and they go through and watch out for these beaver dams because what they do, these preachers, I mean these beavers, they cut off all the water supply. So everybody downstream from them, you know, they can't get no water. So these guys go around and they're ready on them and say, hey, yeah, I'll go down on Pond 14 there. Uh, we've heard from farmers so-and-so down there that the water's been cut off and no doubt there's a preacher, I mean a beaver up there somewhere that's trying to isolate all those water. Yes, sir, I'll go up there right now. Well, it goes up there in an hour or two you hear the office commotion that preacher landed right down the middle of that dam and busted up that beaver convention praise God oh they had that damn title Perusia they had another damn title to soul they had an I wish somebody had had church with me tonight they built another dam called Seven Thunder they built another dam called Return Ministry they built another dam called Tape Only but I don't mind telling you God's got some preachers anointed hallelujah with 
about to blow a dam. God's sick and tired of his children not having the water they need. And they're trying to dam up the healing of God. Well, God don't heal no more. Watch out, pal. I'm loaded with dynamite. So they dam up all this water. As God sent Aaron to be with Moses. So God sent Brother Vale to be with Brother Branham. To straighten him out. To help him. was a prophet but God sent brother Joseph Coleman to be the apostle to bring clarification God sent the Holy Ghost for that he said he'll lead and guide you into all truth brother Branham could only go two thirds of the journey so God sent brother Vin Dial from Trinidad to take the pride on him. Now let's bring on down to Happy Valley. For some of you that entertain that old devil that tries to get around you every now and then, oh God, send Brother Donnie, Brother Donnie this, Brother Donnie that, Brother Donnie nothing. It's not Brother Donnie, it's not Brother Daryl, it's not Brother Terry, it's not the rest of us preachers. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Not me, not you, not some other man. We stay with the teaching of the Word of God. And if I go to building a dam, God will send some preacher anointed with the Holy Ghost to dynamite the whole thing out. Donnie, you shouldn't have called them names. Why not? I call my own. <laughs> and I wonder why I'm not so loved. Ain't no question about it. A guy loaded with dynamite can be a dangerous guy to hang around. You get that cap in the wrong place, you can all be seeing Jesus in momentarily. <laughs> Notice, Paul goes on to say, in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, at his perusia, presence, arrival, advent, especially the future visible return from heaven of Jesus. I believe in this Perusia. This is the apostolic application of the Greek word. I don't believe it that way. Get close to me, I'll help you. You know, 
have to get very close. It's dynamite range is a long way. First Thessalonians 3.13, to the end that he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his So if it happened in March of 63, somebody ought to have seen all the saints. And where did they go? Can't you see, friends, when we misapply the word of God, what we end up with? Can you imagine message people not being allowed to sing anymore about the coming of the Lord? And you can't say we're looking for the coming of Jesus. And you know what they try to do? Intimidate. If you say that, you're blind, you're shallow. You don't understand. Your intimidation ain't going to work on me. I'm looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus right now just like I did. As a matter of fact, I'm one day closer than I was yesterday. And you ain't going to intimidate me and try to make me think that I'm shallow and whatever more. I'm quoting the scripture and the message of the hour. You're too busy drinking those yo damned up water out of your beaver dam. Stagnant, got wiggle tail. Well, hallelujah. Amen, priest brother Donnie. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. Don't tell me the, the church age messenger believed in the coming of the Lord. Amen. Only false prophets don't. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one. Come on, I don't get quiet on me. Remember, remember now, oh, I've got this, I've got this skunk under this brush pile here, and I'm the one fixing to get splattered. If things go wrong, you're way out further out than I am, so I need a little seekum every now and then. Now we beseech you, brethren. By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. That you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us. At the day of Christ is at hand. Now look, he's come to an understanding. I've done seen it. It's not going to be in our generation. You imagine Brother Terry Evan Paul realized that. Oh my Lord. There's church ages. This thing's going to go on for a long time. James chapter 5 verse 7. Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. This is his side of the rapture. This ain't just him coming. It's you going. And hath, oh my, long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Alpha and Omega Church. Verse 8 Be also patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. First John 2 28. And now, little children, abide in him that when he shall abide. When he shall appear, we may have confidence. Well, my goodness, John made it sound like that there'd be people that would see him. 
that whenever we actually saw him, that we would have confidence and we wouldn't be ashamed. Wow, you mean people can live so close to God and the return of the Lord Jesus will be in such a visible form that the bride of Jesus Christ will actually see him? It's not some mystical, mysterious type of something or another and you've got to wonder, is he come or is he not come or is it here or is it there? Low is he in the desert? Low is he in Tucson? Low is he in Phoenix? Low is the airplane in Mexico? Or low is the tent sitting over there? I'll tell you the kind of tent meeting I'm looking for is the kind whenever Eliezer dropped Rebecca off whenever her and Isaac met Isaac took her into his mother's tent that's the kind of tent I'm looking for Amen the hoopah of Christ and his bride Praise God now little children abide in him that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at is first Timothy chapter 6 verse 13 let's look at the word appearing I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickened us all things and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession that thou keep this commandment without spot unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ An epiphania. Now you've heard the word in this day, epiphany. Epiphany. This is where it comes from. In the New Testament, the advent of Christ, not only that which has already taken place, by which his presence and power appear in the saving light he shed upon mankind, but also that illustrious return from heaven to earth to occur in the future. An epiphany. So it will be visible. Only to those who can see him who is invisible. <laughs> Woo, glory. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Verse 8. Henceforth, therefore, is laid up for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not me only, but unto all them also that. Uh oh. Uh oh. So if you don't believe he is coming, or you believe he's already come, You're not living for his coming. And you're not looking for it because you're ashamed to say anything about it. Well, I'm afraid they'll think I'm not deep. I'm, I'd rather for them to think what they want to think about me than for what he would think about me. I done found out a long time ago, they are going to hell anyway. Well, they told me this and they, whoever they are, if we can ever find them, boy, they're blamed for a lot of stuff. They done this and they done that and them. Well, what will they say about it? Who are you serving? They or him. Notice the crown. Look at how the coming of the Lord Jesus, the epiphany of Christ was such an important thing. They separated believers from unbelievers by whether they loved his appearing. 
The Greek word there is have loved and do love. Habitual love and desire for Christ appearing. Habitual love. Amen. Have loved and do love. Habitual love and desire for Christ appearing. The singular mark by which true believers are identified. Not how much they shout. Not how much they jump. How much they run. How much they quote Brother Branham. You imagine that Paul would say, bring it on down to one thing, Brother West. And he said, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that don't cut their hair and don't smoke cigarettes and don't do this and don't do that and don't do that and don't do that and don't do this and don't do that and do this and don't do that and do this and don't do that. No. It's summed up in this one consensus. If they love his appearing... They won't do this and they will do that and they won't do this and they will do that and they won't do this and they will do that and they won't do this and they will do that. Why? Because they love him so much and they love his appearing. So if he says, don't do this, they say, okay, help me not to do it, Lord. And he says, do this. Okay, Lord, help me. If this is important to you, I want to do it because I want to see you. I love your appearing. Can you imagine being put in such, under such a heading that loving the Lord Jesus appearing? Friends, this is the bottom line why we see folks falling away. This is why folks is way too busy to come to church as much as they used to. They got too many other things on their mind. They got too many other things to take care of and too many things to do. What's the bottom line? They don't love his appearing. Praise God. Can I go a little farther? Titus 2.13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Not great gods. So who's coming, God or Jesus? Both. Then the same advent at the same time. Because Jesus is God. Oh, I realize the one that was given to Brother Branham to be the teacher and help us all understand it all says it over and over again. Jesus is not God. He's a liar. Oh, I know, friends, you get quiet on a church house mouse whenever I go that way, but I am called to be a protector of this word. Look, if you're a coward, you don't want to stand this way, you go right ahead, you'll have a coward to whore. I am called to defend my Lord. One of the things that was restored in the last days in this message, by this messenger, was the deity of Jesus Christ. And what did the devil do? Come right back around among us with teachers among us who say he's not even God no more, and they're not even presently worshiping the Lord Jesus. And Jesus don't even have angels. False doctrine. Lies. Praise God. I always thought when men got older, they got softer. I don't know what was happening to me. Hey, friends, we got to make up our mind. We going to believe what the Word of God says, or we going to believe what people say. 
Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear only to those by the day who are looking for him. So these folks around the message that are not looking for him, they'll never know when he comes. He will not appear the second time. He's going to come. Do you understand why I've got to preach it to you this way? This is part of us looking for him every day, every hour. And if he don't come today, who's got a promise that any of us will be alive tomorrow? We want to live every day as if though it were our last. And we want to live every day as if though the trumpet of God should sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Oh my, and unto them... That look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And if we take any quotes to try to make it say contrary to what the scripture says, we are misapplying the prophet's message. We are making William Marion Branham a liar. You are taking his quotes and putting him up against the Bible. Whew, boy, it is warming here now. I see several folks fanning. Whew, I'll be about fan a while. Man, I'll... Praise God. First Peter chapter 1, verse 7. The trial of your faith being much more precious than gold, which are perishes, though it be tried with fire, may be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing. Apocalypsis. Now, this is the word... We get from the book of Revelation. Same English word appearing, but a different, total different Greek word. Apocalypse, and we'll close with this. Revelation, be revealed, manifestation, coming, used of events by which things or states or persons hitherto withdrawn from view are made visible to all. Manifestation and appearance. I was just quite moved when I read this and Simon Peter wrote this. I thought, that's quite a word for an ignorant, unlearned man. He must have been like Brother Jewel. That's the way Brother Jewel learned how to read was when he got saved. He learned how to read by reading the Bible and reading the message. Peter must have learned how to read and when he got called to preach and started reading the word and God said, I'll tell you what, Peter, I'm going to take you in the ignorant and unlearned man and I'm going to let you be anointed by the Spirit of God and I'm even going to surprise you what I'm going to do with you. You imagine the Holy Ghost hit old Peter and sat back and say, wow, that was good. Praise God. Lord Jesus, I know that had to be you. I ain't no smart man. Let's stand. Revelation 16, 15. The Lord Jesus, behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. Revelation 22, 7, behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keep the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Verse 20, he which testifieth these things saith, surely I Come. Notice, total different Greek word again. Akramahi. To come from one place to another. 
to appear, make one's appearance, come before the public. Listen to John. Jesus says, surely I'll come quickly. John says, amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. I don't know about you, but in the last few years, I've said this more than I ever have. I'm not trying to be a coward. I'm not trying to shirk our responsibility. But I feel it, friends. Don't you just within yourself, Lord, how can we live in this place much longer? Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Come. Lord Jesus. So what was John looking for? When he said this in his mind, was it the Branham Tabernacle? March 1963. And this supernatural something phenomenal, and it was now. And then John would have sat there in the meetings and said, the second coming of Jesus has took place in these meetings. The dead's been raised. The resurrection is over. The rapture's over. There's no more mercy. The bride is the second coming of Christ. No. Because John was standing there when he went out. And John could have looked in that pulpit and seen Brother Branham standing there and said, that ain't the same thing I saw going up. I'm not trying to be a little brother Brandon, but look around and look at yourself. I don't know exactly what Jesus looked like, but I got a feeling he didn't look like nobody here. Praise the Lord. So John could have been there and heard those things. And he said, praise God. The seals have come open. Wonderful things have happened. The angels of God would have been here. And he would have heard Brother Branham say something like this. Three kinds of believers after the seals are open. No matter how old the story is. I still believe in a literal Jesus. Coming back for a literal people washed in his blood. You remember the story? No matter how old the story gets, that's what believers believe. <laughs> Hallelujah! How many believers we got in here tonight? Oh, I realize there'll be some spies now that have streamed the service tonight. Spies of this camp and that camp, and they'll report back to headquarters what I've said. And by Sunday, I'll be fried spam. Ooh, I'll be burnt and scorched. We'll go ahead and have church, though, anyway. Look, friends, I fear no man. I don't care how long preachers have been around this message. I don't care how many years they've preached it. Amen. I will give respect to any elder as long as he stays with the word. But Brother Donnie, Brother Brandon never laid hands on you and ordained you. No, that's true. But God did. Amen. 
but you never was. You didn't hunt with him. You never fished with him. He never called your name. Oh, he did. Not my human name. That's what my mama called me. But he called me by my real name, the bride word. That's who I is. Look, friends, we're going to stand for the word of God or we will be intimidated back into the corner. I'm not ashamed to say tonight, I'm looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus. A visible, literal return. Oh, Brother Donnie, don't tell me you believe planes will crash and buses will crash. Only if, unless there'd be an elect pilot on there. And if there's an elect bus driver driving one of the buses in New York, well, that bus may crash. The rapture is for the elect. No, I don't believe it like the denominations, but I do believe it the way the prophet taught it. Praise God. Y'all didn't hear him tonight, but if old Peter would have been and said, Glory to God, preach it, Donnie. That's the way I preach it. That's the way Peter preached it. That's the way James preached it. That's the way Paul preached it. Praise be to God. Let's pray together. Ain't it been good to be in the house of the Lord? I don't know about you. I'm so happy we can still come to church and be able to hear the word of God preached. Amen. I'm so glad God has given us an understanding that this message does not, absolutely does not conflict or tear down or destroy the scriptures. It does like this. When it's put together right. Let's pray together. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word tonight, Lord. Lord, no matter how old the story is, we know, Lord, that it was said 2,000 years ago that they would ask the question, where is the promise of his coming? For all things continue as they were. When Brother Branham was here, he referred to that in the rapture sermon and He identified it with the denominations then. Of course, we know there's fewer of them now, according to a pupil research, fewer and fewer so-called Christians of the church even believe you will come back. Then Satan pulled one over on some of the message people, and he hid it under a so-called revelation. It wasn't a revelation, because revelation can't be contrary to Scripture. It was more of a revolution to make some kind of spiritual something out of it that it happened and even Brother Branham didn't know it but you had to send some pastors as it hit me yesterday Lord as I was thinking about all these things and the time where we are and I begin to think about many of the false doctrines that's been hatched out in the last days in the last few years especially I begin to think of what office it is that has been bringing so many of these things and I I don't know, it just startled me when I realized pastors, pastors, this pastor brought about the thunders, this pastor brought about Perusia, this pastor brought about two lords, 
This pastor brought this one. This pastor brought something else. This pastor brought something else. This pastor brought something else. The word of God does not come to pastors. It comes to prophets. Lord, I pray you would help us. Lord, if men could only realize what a safe place you provided for us as preachers, just standing behind what's already been preached. Why do we have to leave that to search for something new? God, I pray you would help every minister here tonight and everyone that will hear this. Give us a heart to stay with what's already been said. Grant it, Lord. Lord Jesus, though the story may get old to some, I pray, Father, it would ring in our hearts. One day when that resurrection morning comes, Father, we will see those that we've buried right here among us. They will arise with the same freshness and the anticipation that they had when they went down. Praise God, the coming of the Lord will be just as fresh to them Those that died lukewarm and I had to stumble and stutter and try to find something to say about them, they won't be in the first resurrection because they didn't love your appearing. They loved money better. They loved pleasure better. They loved this and that and the other better than they loved your appearing. Help the people to catch it, Lord. It's loving your appearing, being part of your epiphany is what creates this bride's love for you. This is why we don't smoke and drink and carouse and run around. And our women don't paint their faces and look like Jezebel. And the men do the things of the world of the modern day sissies. It's not because of force. It's not because the preachers beat us over the head. It's because we love your appearing. It's your face we want to see. Lord, how many times whenever I go on a hunting trip, Lord, I go somewhere and I go preach and Carol doesn't go with me. I come back down the road and I think, man, Brother Daryl and Brother Daniel, we go to Illinois and a few trips that we make and Carol kind of knows the day I'm coming back and she'll start texting. What time did y'all leave? What time are you going to be here? What time are you going to arrive? She's under anticipation and I'm under anticipation. I've been gone for four days, five, seven, however long it is. Lord, I know one thing. If she opened that door, I opened that door, and there she stood in an old, wore-out house coat on. Looked like it should have been in the garbage three years ago. A pair of house shoes on, had a flat on one side and a blowout on the other. Her hair was up in rollers, and she looked like she just got up from an afternoon nap. I think, man. No, but how does she meet me? She's all prettied up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why? She loves my appearing. Praise be to God. I may not be much to look at, but she thinks I am. So that's what matters. Praise God. She meets me at the door with a smile and puts her arms around me in a big old kiss. I tell you, Lord, oh, you know how it feels, Jesus, because that's the way we do you when we come to the house of God. 
Lord, we don't have to be beat to come to church on Wednesday night or Saturday night or Sunday morning. We come with our, our hair all curled up as it was and we ain't got an old denominational house coat on and an old pair of Church of God house shoes on and an old Methodist night robe. But Lord, we come dressed in that word of God. Hallelujah. We come, praise be to God, without a spot or a wrinkle standing up there like a bride identified with who she is. We come to worship. We come to praise. We come to sing adoration to our Lord. A smile on our face. We reach and grab you. We kiss you and lay a big old kiss right in your cheek and we say, Howdy Jesus. We come to make love. We come to sing. We come to testify. We come to praise God. We've not come here tonight Lord to play church. We've not come here tonight Lord to appease one another. But we have come to see our Lord. We've come to hear from our Lord. It is with that anticipation that we wait for our Lord Jesus to come from heaven. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Help us to be ready, Lord. Help us to be ready. Don't you love him, saints? You believe, Brother Branham, love the word? Doctrine of the resurrection, baptism of the Holy Ghost, holiness, so many things. Oh, so many things about the word that he loved. But when you get time, listen to the sermon in February of 1965 when he stand there and he goes to talking about seeing one. In those days, I was troubled about my father and I was sleeping on the front porch in a swing. And I woke up and I went out into the field and I was troubled about him and I began to pray. And as I prayed, I looked up and I saw the Lord Jesus. Hear him talk about election. Hear him talk about predestination. Hear him talk about salvation. Hear him talk about the blood, the power of the cross, power of forgiveness, power of mercy. And compare those things the way he talks about the person, the Lord Jesus. And you'll understand there is a difference between him and his doctrines. And I thought, surely I'm not looking at my Lord. And I thought, I'll step around to look at him a little bit. And I stepped around and I reached down and I grabbed a hold of that, that toothpick and that little sagebrush. You, you country folks know what I'm talking about. He said, well, you reach down and you break that little toothpick thing off. And I kicked of dust and I bit my finger. And I, <clears throat> I thought I'll step around and I'll call his name. And I stepped around and when I did, I said, Lord Jesus. And when I did, he turned. And he looked at me. And when he looked at me, the look on his face was one that you'd pity him. Now, it wasn't like a Romeo, a modern day, something other that the people of the world would look at. But this is what struck the prophet's heart when he saw him like a pity. And yet he looked at him. And his eyes that no artist could draw. The face, the features. Listen at him when he talks about this. This ain't. A doctrine. This is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a person. And he reached out his hands, and when he did, Brother Brenham passed out in the field. 
And he come to himself the next morning, my pajama shirt, all wet with tears. He'd laid there and cried the rest of the night till up in the morning. And the presence of God overpowered him and he passed out. I've never known to this day what that meant. But here I stand tonight, he said, in a building that was dedicated to the service of Jesus Christ to preach the gospel to his people. You imagine? The Lord Jesus was in this same field where this Parkview, Park, well, that's the name of it, Brother Byron, Parkview High School Auditorium. And there was the Lord Jesus. But remember, in a couple of services after this introduction service, he's going to preach, who is this Melchizedek? Children, you're going to see him. You're going to see him. You're going to touch him. He wants you to touch him. And he wants to touch you. Oh, I long for it. I want to see John. I want to see Peter. No offense intended. I want to see Jesus more than all of them together. Praise God. Let's sing a little something here before we go. Oh, praise God. Surely, I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. But Brother Donnie, my, my, my loved ones, my family, I understand. And we've got to be mature and we've got to grow up. Let's be honest. If he waited another hundred years, some of our family would still be lost. I know we don't want to think that, but it's the truth. Just because they're your family don't mean they're bride. They have to be his family. We can claim them, sure, you should, but you can't claim them to make them his. Pray they'll be saved. And friends, we better pray with all of our hearts because the last ones are coming in, I believe. Sing something for us here. Let's worship before we go, can we? Praise God. Come on, get your house coat off. Throw your house shoes off and get your rollers out of your hair. Amen.
I show you a mystery. We shall not be all, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. That word moment is atom of time, A-T-O-M, an atom of time, an increment of time that is so small it cannot be divided. That was for next time I preached, but it's so good I couldn't hold it back. (laughs) Can you imagine an increment of time that is so small? I know it's hard for our minds to comprehend, but Peter, John, all the saints of God that from the New Testament, all will be raised in a moment of twinkling of an eye. You understand? We'll all get together. He said, if not, you'd be looking to see if I made it. I'd be looking to see if you made it. And he wants perfect worship. So we all get together. And when you see Jesus, at the same time, Peter will. So what them angels told Peter and James and John and Bartholomew and Matthew, those words wasn't just for them. They're for all the elect going in the rapture. You understand, Peter won't go up first. No, that all the dead in Christ shall rise first and we'll all get together and then we will meet him in between our home and his home. Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Harry, Donnie, Dale, all of us together, think of it. We will all see him. He will appear in the heavens which is expanded to redeem us And we'll all see him at the same time. The fulfillment of the scripture, this same Jesus will come again in like manner. As you have seen him go away, he will come again. And there will be Peter, there will be John, there will be Brother Branham, there will be Luther. And we will all see him together for our first time. Millions, millions will be raised from the dead. Thousands or how many are that will be left on the earth to be changed. All of it in an atom of time. (laughs) All that happening in an atom of time. And then all of a sudden you feel a sweep go over you. And in a moment you're changed. And you find yourself getting together with the rest of the group missing on the earth. And then we rise. And when we rise, we meet him in the air. Praise God. Ye men of Happy Valley, why stand you here gazing? This same Jesus gone away has come again in like manner. John will say, there he is. I'll say, there he is. You'll say, there he is. This same Jesus. It won't be a theophany. It will not be a spirit. It will not be a doctrine. It will be the very same body they saw go up. The glorified Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Let's sing it together. God bless you, saints. See you this weekend. I know Sunday, I know it was hard on you. It was hard on me. Those things are difficult to bring. They're difficult to hear. But we need to see where we are to see the urgency of the hour. God bless you. Come back this weekend. If y'all can endure a couple more services, you get a break.
I'm going to be going down to Brother David Siler's and preaching down there. And Brother Matt Watkins will be here on that, that next weekend. So you'll have a break. You'll have a good preacher. Then the old spare tar will be back. Amen. I love you all my heart. Let's sing it together. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I don't know how long I'll be here. Jesus said, in my corporal body, I'll come again. When he comes, I will go with him. Brother Charles and Sister Annie, their daughter, they just found out that she's been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And, uh, you know, sir, it's a serious thing. It's a, it's a, a great thing, but it's not too great for our God. The doctor told him he was a believing man, a Christian, but he didn't know of anybody that had ever been healed of type 1. Well, I do. I know of several. I told Brother Charles, he told me about it. I said, well, maybe he's fixing to hear of somebody. Maybe she needs to be the first one on his medical record. By that, we don't want to lay aside the symptoms and the things that they're dealing with. And it's been such a difficult thing you can imagine. She's having some issues and issues with her eyes and all of that. We believe our God is greater than all this. I told Brother Charles, and I talked to him on the phone over and over again. When Brother Random, by discernment, when God would show him diabetes. And he would say, let us take a trip to Calvary. And he would see the person's blood dripping in the vision. And somehow he related that to diabetes, however it was. And he said, let's go to Calvary and get a blood transfusion. He said, doctors would say, that's absolutely absurd. It has to do with the pancreas. Well, apparently there's more to it than the pancreas. It had something to do with the blood. We believe the blood's still alive tonight. The power of the blood is real. Let's pray and join with this family as we ask God for his mercy. Heavenly Father, Lord, my brother and sister stand here with their little child, their daughter. Lord, their inheritance that they love. Dear God, I know that their hearts have been so moved by this situation. But Lord, we're believers. That's what we do. When trouble comes, we believe. Oh, it may knock us about a bit and... It may shock us for a bit, but then we get stabilized and we get back up and we think, our God's greater than this. No doubt this took them by surprise and it alarmed them. Lord, you knew it. But yet, Lord, we're asking you tonight for your mercy. We don't always understand why things like this come upon us. But Father, we know the scripture tells us many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. I lay my hands on her tonight, Father. Lord, we're a poor excuse to try to represent you, but you told us that we'd go and lay our hands on folks that get healed. Lord God, maybe it's for this doctor's sake. We don't know. But we're asking you in the name of Jesus Christ, may the Spirit of God move for our little sister. We believe the way to Calvary is still open tonight. We believe the blood transfusion is still available. However, all of that works tonight, God. We ask you in the name of Jesus, may you move for her, Lord. May you bring complete deliverance, dear Father, we ask. 
in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We believe. That's what believers do. We believe. God bless you, saints. Go in the fear of God, singing here. Let's go. Let's just go together and sing this. Remember, if you've not been loving His appearing, ask God to reinstate that something in you. You gotta, you gotta plant your taters. You gotta do all that sort of thing. Yes, but the most important thing is living for His coming, loving His appearing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be ready. I'm gonna be ready to go. Oh, I, I'm gonna be ready. Oh, I, I'm gonna be ready to go. I cannot be sure of just when it will take place but it does not matter if I'm walking in His grace oh I I'm gonna be I'm gonna be ready